This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Aluminum Company of North Carolina is proud to sponsor Kane's Corner with Adam Gold. And now Anderson has a chance on a given go, comes in on Martin, punch check Martin, and then it's swept away by Slavin. Spencer Martin with a big save on the poke check, and the Canes will get this in deep. You do not want to feast into Chicago's transition. What a stick play, especially from Martin before the follow-up from Slavin. This is Canes Corner with Adam Gold, a production of 99.9 The Fan. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. And good evening. I am Adam Gold, and welcome to Kane's Corner Podcast. And we are inside of PNC Arena as the Hurricanes beat the Chicago Blackhawks 6-3. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. You should check them out for all of your exterior home improvement needs. So here we are again. It just seems like we did this a couple of nights ago as we were uh, after the 3-1 win over Vegas Saturday night. Actually, it was Sunday morning. Uh, It was almost just like a few minutes ago, it feels like, because it does feel like we just did this. Uh, But the Hurricanes, this is a very different game tonight than the one against Vegas. Vegas obviously brings a lot more resistance to the table then does Carol, then does Chicago. And real quick about the game, thought Carolina was, I mean, predictably dominant for 35 minutes. Last five minutes of the third period, once it went for nothing, I think you could see Carolina not, you know, stop trying, but they kind of let their guard down just a hair. And once Chicago got a little bit of a foothold, I thought the end of the second period was unusually hairy. And the uh, Blackhawks got the goal. The Felino, I mean, great backhand spinning shot that I think fooled Martin, went off the glove, got a piece, could have made the save for the same price. But it goes off the glove and in to make it 4-1. And I thought there was an adrenaline boost from the Blackhawks the rest of the period. And Carolina was just looking for some way to restore order. And I guess they did in the third period. Uh, But pretty much everything Carolina did well came on the power play. Although I would say the same thing for Chicago. I thought the rest of the game was basically a special teams game. And this is why it doesn't matter how bad your power play is. If you have an extra player, you should have an easier time scoring goals. And the Blackhawks came in with the worst power play in the sport at just over 12%. Trying to think of the uh, the actual number. I wrote it down somewhere. I think it was 
And the Hurricanes had the third best penalty kill in the sport at almost 85%. So, of course, Chicago scores twice in the power play. Uh, anyway, uh, 5-3, anything's possible at that point. Uh, I actually think that um, they waited too long to pull Peter Mrazek because I would have done that. You're you're not down one goal. You're down two goals. I thought they should have pulled Mrazek with about three and change left for the extra attacker. doesn't matter how many. For, first of all, for Chicago, I don't care who the game is. It doesn't matter if you're if you lose eight to three or five to three. It's the same loss on top of the fact that you're not going anywhere. So I was Luke Richardson's the coach of the Blackhawks. I was surprised. I thought he would have pulled Mrazek earlier. They waited till they had an offensive zone faceoff just at you know, a little more than two minutes left before he pulled him. And then even though there was a faceoff that just came outside of the uh, Blackhawks offensive zone. Um, the He left Mrazek on the bench. And ultimately, Carolina won a couple of battles and got the puck to Jordan Martinook, and he just kind of flipped it, I don't know, about uh, three quarters of the way down the ice and into the net to make it 6-3. And that basically, that basically ended, ended the game. Um, it was, uh, it was the Connor Bedard experience tonight, and I'm not going to get hyperbolic about this. I think he's obviously going to be a very good player. Um, I thought Sebastian Ajo put him in his back pocket tonight. Ajo was better than Bedard. One of the things I love about Sebastian is that he gets up for those players. He gets up. The matchups with Jack Eichel back in the day. Remember, Eichel was the second pick in the draft. Sebastian Ajo was a second-round pick in that draft. I think that was the McDavid draft, right? McDavid, Eichel goes go one two. No, it was uh, Matthews, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel. I think go one two, and uh, whatever it was, who knows? Uh, but Sebastian was a second-round pick, and Ajo has always gotten up for games against Jack Eichel. So. Uh, a couple of things I want to get to tonight, obviously. That's why we're always here. Invite you to subscribe and like and do all the things that you do when you hit buttons and uh, all of that. And we'll start with Spencer Martin, who to me is an incredible story. Forget about is he or is he not a good enough goalie to be part of Carolina's solution to the position heading into the, you know, the last quarter of the season. And we are now entering the final third. Like, no joke. Carolina has played now 55 games. There are 27 of them left. So we are into the final third of the season at this point. Frederick Anderson is on the way back. He's been practicing. He actually was in the starters crease tonight or rather uh, at the morning skate today, and he gave everybody a, I don't know, like, what? Is Freddie going to play tonight? No, not ready to play yet. Uh, But my guess is, I don't know, two, maybe three weeks away? Who knows? It's up to Freddie. When Freddie declares himself ready to go, they'll either 
put him in the lineup, uh, you know, or maybe they'll ask him to do, uh, you know, a couple of games in the minor leagues, but I don't even think they'll do that because I don't think Freddie wants to do that. So, you know, it's been a while. It's been since the beginning of November since Anderson has played. So my guess he goes is he goes through a couple of weeks of fairly, you know, high workload practices before we see Anderson in a game. Anyway, we know that's coming. That's on the horizon. Auntie Ranta, you don't know when he's coming back. Kachetkov was ill, not injured, ill before the game. Uh, so he didn't even come to the skate, and they gave him the uh, playing the game off. And Spencer Martin is now 3-0 with the Hurricanes. He made 55 saves on 58 shots in beating Boston in Boston, Vegas in Vegas, and now he comes home against the Blackhawks. And while the numbers don't look pretty, I think Spencer Martin was outstanding. He was one of my three stars of the night. But he was great. The two saves he made in the in the five-on-three, Chicago two-power play, you know, uh, you know, two-man advantage. I mean, the save on Tyler Johnson where he goes gets all the way over to stop the one-timer from the right face-off circle. And then the save on Ryan Donato, top of the crease. I mean, forget about the Joey Anderson save later in the period where he, I don't even know if you get a save for it. He poke checks the uh, the the puck off of Anderson's stick. He, he was skating in all alone. And then Martin loses his stick into the corner. It was like, I thought, Kachetkov wasn't playing tonight. As it turns out, Canadian Kachetkov was playing tonight. So tip your uh, cap, Spencer Martin, to the guy who's reinvented the poke check or the poke check, however you want to uh, call it. But Adam Gold in studio with Sammy Hanna, owner and operator of the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Thanks for coming over. You brought a friend with you. I did, Adam. I brought Jeff Monsignor here with me today. It's great to have Jeff continue to be a part of the Aluminum Company. Obviously, took over the company from his father in 1984, and me and him had a great time growing the company through all those years, and now we're going to continue the legacy of the Aluminum Company with myself, Ryan, all the salesmen that have continued on with the company, Dallas Fruel, Danny Newman, Patrick Day, John Alexander, Jeff Hoffman, and my children are now starting with the company. Oh, my gosh. So we've got a new generation kicking off with the aluminum company to continue on the legacy. So, you, Sammy. Get in here, Jeff. Uh, can I say something? Please. Just, I'm going to elbow him out of the way. If you're thinking about exterior home improvements, give the aluminum company a call. Sammy has done an unbelievable, fantastic job. It makes me proud that I was able to exit the company and somebody was able to take it over to keep up the high standards that I started. So I'm very proud of Sammy as well. You guys are amazing. Customer service is the best thing you guys do. 800-672-4348. Aluminum company.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Martin, I thought, was excellent tonight again. And now this is three games and three wins. And I just want to point this out. 
because I think it could you could easily overlook or not give enough credit to what this story is developing into. And we don't know where it goes from here. We have no clue where it goes from here. Because when Anderson comes back, you're not keeping four goalies in the regular season. You're just not. When Anderson comes back, what do you do? If Anderson's ready to play, he become, he, he gets activated. And now you've got Anderson, Kachetkov, and who? What if Ranta is also ready to play? You're not just allowed to keep guys on injured reserve. You can't manipulate your roster that way. The Hurricanes are probably not going to carry four goalies. So, I mean, it's possible that Spencer Martin doesn't see the end of the season here. And let's be fair. He has played well enough where if the Hurricanes try to wave him, there are teams in the playoff mix that need a goalie. Is Spencer Martin right now playing better than anybody the New Jersey Devils have? I don't know. I don't know if he's playing better than Vitek Vanacek, at least uh, the times that we've seen Vitek Vanacek. But if you put him on waivers, you probably lose him. That's it. I mean, it's just the reality, right? Um, but this story right now is, I just, it's its just a great, it's a great story. Uh, and who was it? I was having a conversation with our Las Vegas correspondent. I'm sorry, our Las Vegas bureau chief, Lindsey Brown, just about different elements, you know, just unrelated to the hurricanes, but different things about sports that we love. And she referred to me as a sports romantic. And I think I am, which is one of the reasons why I love the culture of this hockey team. But the Martin, think about, just think about where Martin was a month ago. It was a month ago today that the Hurricanes claimed him off waivers from the Blue Jackets. So he's on the worst team in the East. He gets waived and sent to the minor leagues by the worst team in the East. And he gets claimed and put on the ice by a team that fancies themselves a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, happens all the time. And he goes and beats another Stanley Cup contender on the road. And then in his next start, two and a half weeks, I'm sorry, three and a half weeks later, he beats the defending Stanley Cup champs on their ice. Yeah. It's a great story. So good for Spencer Martin, who got one of my stars of the game. Uh, Martin Natchez is a story. As many of you know, I have been relatively critical in the past of Natchez. And I think he's been very, very good. And whether or not powers that be want to admit it, I think his game 
is a little bit different than it was a month ago. And we're, I don't think we're seeing the Martin Natchez of last year. Because I don't think you can judge Natchez simply on the points that he scores. And for three quarters of the season a year ago, Natchez was basically just about at a point a game. And then in the last quarter of the season, it really coincided with the Andre Svechnikov injury against Vegas here. What was it? In March. I thought Natchez's game completely evaporated. And then he was nothing in the playoffs. So I had a conversation with Trip Tracy about this before the game. And we're both impressed with the way Natchez has played. Uh, he's clearly using the middle of the ice more. And when he gets to the middle... He is super dangerous. Certainly, it's fun to watch him uh, circle the track, as they say, skating around everybody in the offensive zone. But I think he is most effective, and I believe the coaching staff believes he is most effective when he can get to the middle of the ice. And the more he uses the middle, the more teams shade to the middle, and the more it will open up the real fancy stuff from Natchez. But I think he's a guy that has to keep it very simple. And when he does, he has gifts, man. That speed and that skating ability are gifts. The rest of it catches up. And now we're talking about a different animal. Somebody that you probably want to figure out a way to go, this guy has to stay here. But it's only going to be that way. If Natchez continues to play well, and I think he's playing very well right now. And that has to continue into the postseason. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I would be stunned if Natchez is used in part of any deal. If he does, if he does go in a, in a trade, I think it would only be for a significant return that has term on his contract. Let's just for a giggle, just a lit. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this is even potential in terms of happening, but let's just say the hurricanes uh, are, are offered Johnny Gaudreau. Again, I'm not looking at it. I'm not, predicting it will happen. I'm just throwing a name out there with some term left on a contract. And that might not even be a good one because the contract's relatively high, but either just work with me on here. That's the kind of trade. I think you would see Natchez involved in 
Um, it would have to be for a return that Carolina believes is an upgrade on Marty. But right now, I don't foresee anything like that happening. Uh, if it does, it does. But I don't foresee anything like that happening. The way Natures is playing right now is, and in some ways, it reminds me of the way Kokaniemi was playing at this time last year. Remember, right before the stadium series, Kokaniemi had really established himself as a reliable player. Not a great one, but a reliable one. Tonight, he scored his first goal in two months. December 19th was the last time he scored. It was here against Vegas. But Natchez has made himself into a guy that, yeah, you're going to have to really blow me away. So, good for him. He has played very well. That line has arguably been Carolina's best, really, since the All-Star break ended, with Jack Drury in the middle and Michael Bunting on the left. Uh, and Natchez to Bunting for the goal tonight was just gorgeous. It was a gorgeous pass. It was a gorgeous shot, both backhand style, and um, that was just a good play, all-around good play. Um, Sebastian Ajo rose to the occasion against Connor Bedard tonight. Tripp told me before the game, and I think this was a uh, conversation that was off-air, so we talk about a lot of things. And he thought that Rod would put Ajo on Bedard because not only is Ajo physically equipped with quickness and side-to-side ability, not only was he physically equipped to deal with Bedard more than Jordan Stahl, the captain, but I also think that Rod was looking for an offensive spark. He was looking for Ajo to look across the face-off circle, as it were, and almost take it personally. What you would be taking personally is just, it's one of those sports things. And, like, do you believe in the postgame, Ajo didn't know who he was reverse-checking in the first period? Come on. Come on! You can't con me! Seabass knew who it was. He. He tried to play it off. Look, it doesn't have to be nefarious. It doesn't have to be, I've got a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to show you what, show you who I am, rookie. I don't, it doesn't have to be about that. And I think Ajo would have tried to do that to anybody. But he did it to Connor Bernard. I like, uh, I've always said this about Sebastian Ajo. I like angry Ajo. I I like the sea bass that gets a little bit edgy. I love it. Absolutely love it. I like when he does stuff like that. And he was otherwise excellent. I thought I thought the first period it looked as a as a team Carolina was dominant in the first period. And while I thought there were some very early shifts that were not great from Aho Svechnikov and Jesper Faust, I think for the most part, they got it going, and I thought they were at their best in the second period. So Ajo got my first star of the game. I thought he was excellent. I thought Natchez was good. He got my second star, and Spencer Martin got my third star 
of the game. There were other options. I think you could have easily gone with Brett Pesci as the second star, as the, one of the three stars in the game. I thought, you know, you could always, if if you just wrote down Jacob Slavin, third star of the game, for all of the remaining games, if you did it right now, you'd be right a whole lot more often than you'd be wrong. So he was, he was very, very good. Very, very good tonight. But to me, those were the top candidates for that. I mean, you could always, again, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Uh, these things are uh, just goofs. Um, but Seabass looked good, and he hadn't looked great, really, in the last few games. You know, since the All-Star break, he had not looked, was it, or since the road trip, he did not look good. He looked, he looked good, decent, you know, from the first couple of home games after the break, but it wasn't a good road trip for him. And it wasn't a good road trip for Svechnikov. And Andre, I thought Andre played fine tonight. Andre probably should have had goals in three separate occasions. He missed three empty nets, essentially. But when you score six and one of your top guys is off, not off in effort, but just off in, you know, the ability to put a puck in the net. And everybody's got him, so no big deal. When you when you can score six and you don't need a real contribution from Svechnikov, you've played pretty well. And again, I thought for nearly two whole periods, Carolina was dominant. Um, power play looked great. Didn't finish a ton. I think one for four on the power play. The last one was trash, uh, but whatever. I thought the power play looked very good. The first three, I think it was, were excellent. They scored on the third one, and that was Aho firing shots. Pardon me. Um, a fortunate rebound to Brent Burns. And then a one-timer from a sharp angle into an empty net. The interesting thing, now it helped that Burns is a right-hander um, below the left, below the right, the excuse me, below the right face-off circle. So it's a little bit of a better angle. But Andrei Svechnikov was in basically the exact same spot 30 seconds prior, had the same look at the goal, but whistled it right through the crease. It doesn't hit any part of the net, so it's not a goal because it has to go in. Inside the two pipes on the outer edges and the crossbar top, the puck must go in that area for it to be a goal. That's uh, I think that's a new rule in the NHL. But the uh, the power play looked great. The penalty kill allowed two power play goals, but let's be honest. The PK on the five on three, because it was a minute 41 of five on three. Carolina allowed two shots in 101 seconds of two man advantage. Two shots. They were both great looks. This just in, you're supposed to get great looks at a five on three. 
and was it uh, Tyler Johnson from uh, the left face-off circle was stopped as Martin got over post to post uh, to seal the post and make the save, and then Ryan Donato. Um, uh, he was right out in front with the puck, and uh, while Orloff might have gotten a piece, it's clear that Martin's blocker got enough of it where if Martin doesn't get it, it's in. So, again, I thought Martin was excellent, but the penalty kill really didn't allow anything on the five-on-three. And again, man, usually if you got a, a two-man disadvantage, it's like for 30 seconds. Can we just get out of this one? But really right after the face-off, when you're shorthanded, you know, it was 19 seconds later. So I think there was an exit. You know, the Carolina cleared the puck, but then it came right back in. And you get to the face-off. And Jarvis deposits it in the in the stands. Um, I didn't. I know they showed a replay. I didn't see a replay really. Uh, so I'm gonna just say they probably got it right. They usually do get those right. Um, but and not only do you lose. I mean, not only is Jarvis in the box and you're down two men, but Jarvis is one of your best penalty killers as well. Now, does he do five on threes? Not really. They use stall. And I forget who the two defensemen. I think it was Shea and Pesci at this point. Could have been Slavin and Burns. Uh, but to be honest, it was their five-on-three PK kill tonight was maybe the difference in the game. It really was that good. Uh, all right, final thing, uh, and then I will uh, I'll just check out the uh, comment section here. Pierre Lebrun wrote a piece in The Athletic about the Hurricanes' deadline plans that I know gets a lot of fans mad because it's pretty obvious that Carolina is not going to go the rental player route. They're not going to rent a goalie, no matter who it is. They're not going to rent the forward. They're not going to rent a defenseman. A couple of things that Don Waddell had to say that stuck out at me, one specifically was, well, there were two things, but one was that they feel like they're good on defense and that isn't the area they're going to look to shore up, at least right now, however many, what, 10 weeks we are away from the playoffs. If I were the Hurricanes, I would absolutely be interested in another defensive, uh, another defenseman, a defensive-minded defenseman, because let me just paint the scenario. Here it is. Jalen Chatfield, upper body injury, it, and Rod Brindamore said after the game that it was related to uh, the, I mean, crash into the boards. It was completely horizontal to the ice at that point. And he stayed down for a while, skated off on his own power, and came back and played yesterday. But I noticed that he wasn't on the ice, and I saw Tony D'Angelo, and D'Angelo is the insurance policy. So now I ask you this, and this is rhetorically because you don't have to answer me. It's not really even expected. D'Angelo is Carolina's sixth defenseman. They don't have another NHL defenseman in the system. 
you can talk about Dylan Coughlin all you want. He can't skate. He is in the perfect place for him, kicking ass in the American Hockey League. They don't have another one. So right now there are six NHL defensemen. It's probably a good idea to think that you need uh, seven, eight NHL defensemen to cover yourself when you get to the playoffs. Doesn't mean you have to add NHL defensemen, but does Carolina have somebody in the system who could come up and play 14 minutes in a playoff game and heaven forbid you go double overtime. And I'll kick it one further. Is Tony D'Angelo that guy? Now, Tony played very well tonight, I think. And I think that the couple of games he drew into when Pesci was out um, recently, I thought he played well then too. With the right partner, Tony doesn't have to be a total liability. You can utilize his skills as an offensive player, and I thought, again, I thought he was good tonight. I'm a little surprised that with him back in the lineup that he doesn't get the uh, power play unit with Brady Shea on it, although I think Rod is probably just trying to keep the unit together since it appears that Barring an injury, another injury, we won't have Tony on the ice in the playoffs. So I think he just wants Brady Shea to get most, if not all, of those reps. Uh, But I thought Tony played well, but I still think Carolina needs another defenseman. Somebody more along the lines of uh, a good, big, physical, defensive defenseman. and. I'll disagree with Don Waddell again because Kachetkov ill, but Ranta hurt, and I hope Ranta's fine. Anderson coming back from a blood clot. What if he comes back? He doesn't feel right. The exertion starts to impact him negatively. We don't know what the future is, the immediate future is of Anderson, even if we see him back on the ice. It's important to see him play and play well. But other than that, we don't really know much. And it's hard to count on. So I'd like to see the Hurricanes add a depth goaltender. Maybe they don't need a one. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't. It's probably leaning right now to saying they don't need a number one. But, again, tricky situation. Tricky situation in goal. They're not keeping four goalies. I have a hard time seeing them waving Ante Ranta. I do. Sorry. So, but again, it's hard to not appreciate uh, and just completely dig the Spencer Martin experience. All right. Uh, let's see what else uh, we've got here. I'm not going to be here very long. Um, uh, we're talking about next year. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to save the Natchez, Jarvis, Chatfield, Nason, Teravon, and Shea, Pesci, others contract discussions 
for another podcast. Not going to do that tonight. We've already exceeded the 30 minutes I uh, I want to. Uh, Mikhailov wants to know if we can get Vinny Trocek back. Uh, no, you can't get Vincent Trocek back. We should have never gotten rid of him. Well, I mean, he didn't sign here. He was a free agent. And I don't know if he was always going to go to the Rangers or not. The contract he got with the Rangers really wasn't terrible other than it was seven years. And I don't think the Hurricanes, I think the Hurricanes would have been more inclined to go five years at, let's just say, seven million per than they would have been seven years at five million per. Um, which is, I don't know what's going to happen with the Jarvis contract talks or whatever. Uh, or Natchez, if there are any. I don't, I mean, it's anything's in, anything's in play there. Um, and I have this bit of housekeeping. Spencer Martin will join me on the radio tomorrow. Today, if you are listening to this on Tuesday at 2.15. So we'll have, uh, we'll talk to Spencer about the experience. So I do think Carolina uh, needs a defense, uh, defensive defenseman. I would explore goalie depth, um, but it's very tricky given the roster situation uh, unless you have an injury and can store somebody on the roster on IR. Right now, Carolina's carrying an extra forward and an extra defenseman and an extra goalie. That gets you to the uh, that gets you to the 23. Uh, Steven wants to, to trade a second round pick for a D-man to add depth. We have two second rounders. We do. Um, but again, you need to have room on the roster. Right now, Carolina doesn't have any room on the roster because they're carrying three goalies. <laughs> and they don't want to lose Spencer. I'm I'm guessing they don't want to lose Spencer. Do and I know somebody earlier said that the um the Hurricanes should let Ante Ranta go. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was cold enough to waive him, right? Place him on waivers. But I don't really see the Hurricanes waving Ronta. I don't. We'll see what happens. Um, that's that. So Christopher says we need another scoring forward. I don't disagree there. And I think the Hurricanes might consider another scoring forward. If... Uh, if push games to shove, come to shove, and they could get somebody with term. But again, I don't think it's going, it's not going to be a rental. So let's just use the name Jake Gensel because Gensel is available, apparently from Pittsburgh, but he's a free agent after the year and he's going to cost a lot of money because he is a goal scorer and you pay for goals. So the Hurricanes aren't going to make that deal until they were able to like sign, agree to a contract with Gensel. And again, I'm not even saying they're interested in Gensel, just using it as an example, not to mention he's hurt. 
Um, he'll be out beyond the trade deadline. So it's probably another week after the trade deadline before he can come back. So they do. They It would be great to add another bona fide score. It's part of the reason why I thought they should have gone after Elias Lindholm uh, two weeks ago, three, whatever it was, because he is both a scorer and a right-handed center and all of that. Uh, the only other right-handed center I like, and he's got a year left on his contract, and I wouldn't hate it, is uh, we just saw him last week, Nick Bustad from Arizona. Right-handed center, big, can play a little bit. I don't know. I don't think he's super quick, but he would certainly give them a lot of cover down the middle. And again, the right-handed centerman is something that Rod Brindamore likes. Uh, that would be more of a hockey trade. He's not necessarily on the trading block, but we'll see. It's Arizona. They're out of it, right? Anything is, uh, anything is possible. All right, that'll do it for us. And uh, to, we'll, we won't do this again until Thursday. Thursday? Yep, Thursday. Uh, another reminder, Spencer Martin tomorrow, 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time on the radio, 99.9 The Fan. Like, if you're in Australia and you could dial up WRALsportsfan.com, that's right, WRALsportsfan.com, you can actually listen live 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time, which is mm, middle of the night in Adelaide. You can listen to it live, or you can simply follow um, not the Canes Corner podcast. You should do that, too. You can just follow um, the Adam Gold Show on YouTube as well, because it'll be up there. Um, but that'll do it. And it's been fun tonight. Canes win at 6-3. They're within four points of the Rangers in the Metropolitan Division. Each team has played 55 games. Uh, Tampa's got 65 points in 57 games. The Devils, with three games in hand, are actually in control of their fate over the Lightning. Detroit won tonight. They have 64 points in 55 games. So Detroit effectively is really wild card one right now, and Tampa's kind of wild card two. And the Devils are right in the mix. Until Thursday when the Hurricanes host the Florida Panthers. What could go wrong? We can't have four overtimes. I know that for a fact. Uh, I am Adam Gold. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast brought to us by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. See everybody on Thursday. Good night. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.